for agility's sake. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kyle Spitzley. With me today is Kate Cronemeyer. How are you doing, Kate? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm really good. Did I get your name right? Yes, you did, actually. (laughs) I always struggle with uh, a longer name. So, but I've had the same experience with Spitzley that that I get weird, weird names there, too. Yeah, I'm sure. So thank you so much for being with me today. I am looking forward to hearing from you and just kind of your agile experience. So tell the audience, uh, what's your role? How long you been at Amway? What do you what do you do here? Uh, Yeah, so I work in digital marketing and uh, my current role is called experience owner. Um, I think that that's like our recent term. It was experienced designer uh, when it was first introduced probably about a year ago. Mm, Um, So we work on the front end of the um, sort of design process. Um, And I've been at Amway for a total of about nine and a half years in different departments and in different stages of my career. Awesome. Yeah. What other departments have you been in? Uh, I worked in A&A Digital actually back when it was first formed. Oh yeah, so uh, digital was, was a new thing yeah. in marketing, right? Yeah, like the first the first team uh, led led by Barb LVR, and um, she was a great manager. Uh, I started as an intern in A and A and PR actually, and then worked in uh, HR comms, um, and then also um, have been at Global Digital since. Wow, you've been all over the place. Yeah. I didn't know you had such a diverse background. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So now, in your role of experience owner, uh, what does it mean to own an experience? Is that like when you, you know, own it, like <laughs> just own it, or how did, what does that mean? Yeah, so I started as a product owner um, and actually was trained in Agile at a different company as a product owner. Okay. Um, and so the role used to be basically that you started with gathering requirements from the business and then went all the way through the development process um, and then even through deployment and launch. And I think that Amway's been really smart about transforming into this new phase in digital where you have people who are more, more focused on each phase of the product development process and really moving to design thinking. Okay. Um, so we work on the front end of the design thinking, everything from gathering requirements, building empathy for the user, mm. um, working, researching with the user to find pain points or to validate certain assumptions we have, um, all the way through concepting. And then eventually our end product is really building all the artifacts we need to transfer knowledge to a product development team and to a product owner to then actually develop a physical product. Okay, so you get to do all the fancy designs and and make sure that everybody likes what it looks like and feels like? Yeah, we actually do the front end more like concept and prototype level, uh, really rapid prototyping. And then we actually, when we do the knowledge transfer, that's when it's really finessed and given that UI definition. Okay, so to kind of go back to a a higher level, thinking about your role as experience owner, um, what are some of the, the misconceptions that maybe things people don't understand about your role? I think uh, it's sort of one of those more creative type roles um, where I think the really strong ex-designers or ex-experienced owners, um, you know, they're known for building empathy uh, with the user, but it's also very structured, which I don't think a lot of people understand. Um, we have a lot of really defined artifacts that come out of our sort of front-end phase okay. um, of the process. And we're really trying to show not only that we can provide a great service to the user and provide a great experience to the user, but also that we can financially impact the company or you know, somehow better the user experience in a way that gives them such a great impact that we can prioritize that work. Okay. So it's really about showing the value to the user and to the company. Awesome. 
So what's been uh, for you kind of as you go through this agile transformation in this role? Um, sounds like it's an evolving role or it's a new role, at least in the last couple of years or the title has changed. What's been some of the the aha moments for you as you're learning more about agile and continue to kind of advance your skill set in that space? Um, I think that for me, really watching, especially people in like the development role, getting to have more of a voice in the product development, having it be more of a creative role for them because, you know, in agile, we're really about self-organizing teams and, you know, not just putting something out there and having it delivered in a waterfall type setting, it really gives everyone from even, you know, a QA type role input on how we can make something work better. Um, And at the sprint to sprint level, you know, assessing how we work and really being able to have input on the whole process, which I think before um, it really felt like the team was you know, just sort of like given instruction. Yeah, I and, almost picture like someone just handing over, you know, a document like, hey, go do this thing. Right. And just a bunch of handoffs of passing it down the line, like a manufacturing yeah. line. Yeah, I think one of my favorite moments was I was working with a developer who was, speci- you know, very specifically quiet mm. um, and just really didn't often speak at all. I mean, he really was just heads down doing his work all the time. And we were in a meeting and it was uh, sprint planning. And he just like spoke up and he's like, there's a better way to do this and we should be thinking outside the box and be more creative. And from there on, it was like more of a discussion during sprint planning about mm-hmm. how we're going to accomplish something rather than it being, you know, here's a ticket and we're going to fulfill it. Awesome. So so yeah. what do you think it was about that moment that created the space for this, this quiet developer to speak up? I think during the sprint plan- planning process, you're really evaluating all the work, talking about why it should be prioritized and talking about it from user focus. Mm-hmm. And I think that that inspires passion in people. Yeah, and they see that opportunity and they go, hey, we could do this better. Yeah. Instead of feeling frustrated when they get handed something later on. Yeah. That collaboration is great. Okay, so um, thinking about your um, day-to-day work, what excites you about the approach to Agile or the transformation that we're going through? I think really we work with ABOs really closely on my team. Uh, we get a ton of time with ABOs, which is amazing. Yeah. I don't think every team has that opportunity. You're right. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> Most teams don't. Right. Yeah. So we're really fortunate. And all levels, too. I mean, we get to talk to new ABOs, uh, leader of leaders, oh, you awesome. know, everyone in between. Uh, so that's really great. And account managers as well, globally. Um, and SMEs globally. So we get to talk to a lot of end users for our products and a lot of people who can influence in the right way. And I think really getting to see a product evolve and iterate to become something that they truly can use and truly fits their needs, Mm. um, that is what excites me every day to come to work. We just had our Core Plus launch, and um, I think it's probably the most confident I've ever felt about a product launch. And I think that the feedback we're hearing from the field Mm. is really validating that you know, concept that we went out, we heard the pain points, we heard what they needed, and we really did actually fulfill on yeah. a lot of that need. Not that we're going to stop iterating, but, you know, it yeah. felt good to have that positive feedback. Yeah, and to be validated from the person who's going to use the thing. Right. And say, this, this is doing what we need it to. Yeah. That's awesome. So then, uh, I'm, I'm curious, you, that kind of is what excites you about it. What frustrates you about it? Like, what's the, the challenge, at least right now? Um, I think in any transformative process, there's going to be hurdles. There's going to be, um, I think one of the things is 
you know, just getting everyone adjusted to change at the same pace. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of that who moved my cheese mentality. Yeah. Some people, you know, latch on to change almost too exorbitantly. Yeah. And then other people are so resistant just because it just doesn't feel right. Um, so I think that there's always going to be that in every process. And mm. I think we're working through that. Um, but, you know, I think that that's one of those things everybody's going to have their challenges with really transforming. Transformation shouldn't be easy. And yeah, I think, it's not. You know, that's one of the things. It's frustrating, but it's also probably the best kind of frustration, right? Mm-hmm. It's growth. It's learning. Mm-hmm. It takes energy and focus. Um, I have found myself to go back and forth between latching on to change and resisting it. And mm-hmm. it really depends on what the thing is. Like if it's something that I wanted or I desired, it's a lot easier for me to get into it and, and grab onto it and run with it. But if somebody else has told me, you're going to do this, you have to do this, um, I tend to hesitate a little bit and I want to know more. I want to understand how is this going to go? What's it going to feel like? And sometimes in this transformation process, you don't know what it's going to feel like. We don't know what it's going to feel like yeah. because it's not a cookie cutter. Everybody's going to do this exactly the same. You start with the team from where they're at and you have to help you know, just step by step. Where do we go next? Like we, we can set the goals and we can build a plan and start moving that way. But we can't predict every single thing that's going to happen. And, and for some people, that's really unsettling because they want to know what's, what's coming next. And so it's a, for me, I find it as the, the more that we can help people have certainty about what comes next, the easier that process of change is. But it still takes energy. It still takes time. It's yeah. not something we're going to do in one hour a week, um, you know, for 10 weeks. It's going to take some investment. So I totally get that, the frustration of that. Uh, so if you were going to say, you know, to a person who's new going through this transformation, what would you say to them, kind of encouraging them or advice you would give them uh, as they start in this process of transformation? Um, I think the biggest thing to realize is that this is not just an organizational process change. It's really a self-development because I think that when you first come into the Agile transformation process, it's really easy to think of it as like, this is my work process that's changing and you know, it's just kind of a planning process and it's a workful process. Right. What are the steps? I'll follow them and check the box. Exactly. And you have to come into it. I mean, I wish that's something that someone had said to me when I started it is it's not just about how you do work. It's about transforming people on the teams. Mm -hmm. It's about transforming yourself. Yeah. So how you think, the relationships you have, how you work together, all of those things included on top of we're going to change the steps we use and some of the artifacts we build. Right. Right. Yeah. Mate, what if somebody, is it possible that somebody did tell you that, that you just didn't really hear it? Yeah, I mean, very possible, very possible. Actually, one of the things I've really learned through this process, and I think the ATO really pushes people to think about, is we're taught to do design thinking to build products, but you have to use design thinking in your life as well. So you have to build empathy for people on your teams. You Mm. have to, and I think that's something that, I was personally really resistant to at first is like I didn't really think of it that way. Yeah. And I think the more that we're learning and the more that we're kind of self-organizing and going through the transformation, the more that that resonates with me is like you have to build empathy as you go and you have to use that same process but within your own, you know, personal setting. Yeah. And how you work with other people, how you live with other people. Yeah. I mean, even outside of work. So looking at this as a self-development kind of transformation and a personal transformation what is what's something that you're focusing on right now or trying to get better at uh definitely the building empathy for people on teams when i bring that up is because it's something that i'm trying to be cognizant of every day is you know just getting back to that frustration of there being so much change people handle that differently and for me i my mind moves really fast 
Hmm. So I like want people, I'm one of those fast changers. So I want people to be like right there and ready to change. And it's frustrating for me when people aren't. So for me, I have to like try to build the empathy and really kind of think about like there's different personas that I'm working with Uh and how can I, you know, start to understand that, um, you know, and really from their perspective, understand more of that. Yeah. And what's taking them so long? Why is this so hard for you? (laughs) (laughs) Can't you just change? Right. Hurry up and change already. Uh, no, I have that same experience, but I, I've been on both sides. I've been the person who wants people to hurry up and change, and I've been the person who's like, hey, slow down. Like, <laughs> I'm not ready yet. Um, so do you have kids? Yes. Yeah. So I think about with my kids, when I want them to learn something new or to, to do something differently, it's not like I told my son to hang up his coat, and now he forever hangs up his coat. Right. Like That doesn't work, right? But you have to reinforce these new behaviors in an, in an encouraging way and you know correct the bad behaviors, and it's it's a... It's a lifelong thing where you're helping develop children, um, and there's only so much you can do. Yeah, you know, and that's it's a lot of it's up to them at some point. Um, right. My son's actually 15, and I actually tell him now, I'm like, you have to understand this is the first time I'm doing this parenting thing, so I'm also <laughs> learning. So be patient with me. I think when he was like little, I was just like, you need to learn to do this, and yeah. now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm learning all. Of I don't know things. what to do either. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've had that exact same conversation <laughs> with my my six year old. I think it was so he was five, and I said that to him. I was like, I know you've got really big feelings. You're having a hard time. And he was crying about something ridiculous. It was bedtime. He was tired, and, and so I said, I know you're having a hard time. It's tough being a kid, isn't it? And he's like, Yeah. I said, Well. <laughs> You know, this is this is your first time being a kid, so that's okay. This is my first time being a dad. Right. Like, we're in this together. Like we got to <laughs> figure this out. And he he got it. Like my five year old understands. Like all right, we're we're gonna do this together. And right. It's just it's exactly how it is when we're working with teams, and you're like, hey, we we're in this together. Yeah. Like, we we gotta go after the same goal and figure out how to work together. Yeah. And it's not like a me versus you type of thing, or I'm the boss and you're you're my direct report. Um, so I love that, that that relationship matters and having empathy for people is, is so important, whether it's children or coworkers right. or an upline or an ABO. So what are some of the tools you use to build empathy uh, for the people that you work with? Um, a lot of the stuff that we do is really more about um, either research-based. You know, human-centered design obviously plays a huge role in what we we're doing. Okay. Um, I've been doing a lot of actually IDEO courses um, trying to like learn different ways to research the user, which sometimes has nothing to do with actually being with the user. Okay. But really trying to put yourself in their perspective or trying to weigh, you know, what is the kind of outliers within that persona base. And then really trying to understand those, you know, heavy outliers, what are their needs? Because then you can kind of normalize mm. what you're delivering. Um, and there's some great examples of trying to do something, you know, you set up a normal user story or something a user would be trying to accomplish and then trying to do it the way that you think they'd be doing it today, um, which, you know, is an interesting thing to do. You know, you think about an ABO at the end of the month, for instance, mm-hmm. and try to just sit down with one of our current business centers and really go through it and say, hey, if I was a leader of leaders, how would I find my opportunities to increase my GPD in the next hour? Yeah. Um, and just actually try to physically use our products to yeah. do that process and see what it's like. So in that scenario, how would they feel? What, what Give yourself a goal, like what they're trying to accomplish. I think right now pretty frustrated. Yeah. Um, we do, you know, something that we hear a lot and that I personally experienced going through these, you know, exercises is uh, just our performance towards the end of the month of mm. our products is, you know, slower sometimes. and Because of that traffic? Yeah, yeah. You're waiting for things to load and you're just like antsy trying yeah. to figure out, you know, you can't run the reports you want to. So you're kind of manually making lists. Mm. 
Um, so that's the frustrating process that we're trying to overcome. Yeah, and there's a large number of people who are feeling that at that moment. Oh, and yeah. the clock is ticking. And so there's this sense of urgency. Like, if I miss this opportunity, I'm going to miss a, yeah. a potentially a qualification or a, a reward. Uh, so that I love that you're going through that experience like as the user and trying to be um, – to sit in that role and ask yourself, what would this feel like? How do I do that? And to truly go through it. And yeah. I mean, that's to walk a mile in someone's shoes. Like that's what you're, that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. When you're doing that research, you know, in the one case, you're going to do an end of month scenario and you're going to run through that to see what it feels like. In the other case, you mentioned kind of researching the user uh, without actually being with them. And so would you call that kind of like there's, there's the do the thing or almost fields type of, um, experiment versus, I don't know, online research or textbook type of research where you're going out and looking at the demographic information and the, the research that's been made available to you. Wh- what do you get out of the one that you don't get from the other? Um, I think the difference between actually like doing a task that a user would do or meeting with a user versus um, sort of going out and just doing maybe third-party research or benchmarking is something that we do quite a bit. Okay. Um, I think that what you're getting out of it is sometimes our users can't express and we can't even think through, because we're so close to something, hmm. what the possibilities are. But then when you look at what some other people are doing well, um, even outside of the direct sell space, uh, we do a lot of like gig economy type research hmm. um, and a lot of um, what we call like just business management in general. Um, you think about like banking industry or insurance industry. Um, when you start looking at that, sometimes it takes you outside of your own box. And mm-hmm. even like our users, like we go out and talk to them and um, ask them, well, hey, you said that you create you know, a list of your customers and that you set reminders in your calendar. You know, do you think there's anything that Amway could be providing you to help do that process? And they're like, no. Yeah, and you're really? like, it sounds Are like. Are you sure? Because I think we can. <laughs> it sounds like this is really manual for you. Yeah. Um, and they just can't think about that because yeah. it's their own problem set. And we get stuck in the same um, mindset. So, you know, we just recently did some user research with ABOs, uh, with all the personas of ABOs that we have, all the way from new ABO through the leader of leaders. Um, and we're taking that out to different departments here and mm. kind of reviewing with them our findings, letting them listen to some of the sessions just to see if anyone else is like, hey, you heard this pain point a lot, and you guys are thinking about these solutions. But really, from my perspective, there's another solution set. Yeah. Just trying to get other ideas going. No, it's good. I love the diversity of the perspectives. And it's so funny how we get trapped in that that mindset of like, no, there's actually nothing you can do here. Because we've thinking, we're thinking about what you've always provided and what I've always expected and that anything else would be out of that norm. But right off the top of my head, I think about when I was you – know, I used to do a lot of blogging online. Um, so like setting up a website. Doing social media, like I used Buffer to manage social media posts. Um, I used WordPress for my website. Um, I used MailChimp for my subscriber list. And I used lead pages to capture emails, like all these different tools that I went out and found, did research on, discovered and paid for and set up and had to figure out on my own. If somebody had said, hey, we have all that. It's all set up. You just got to sell our products. Like, you know, be about our business. Oh, that that would be a great thing that somebody has set up for me. Um, so I could I could imagine that there are probably ABOs out there using some of those tools to manage their kind of platform yeah. that Amway could be helping them with, but we're we don't 
we haven't thought about it. Yeah, or sometimes we're actually providing the tool and they just don't even know about that it. That it exists. We had a couple people explain to us how they'd like to see an LOS tool. And we're like, we have this in every market. <laughs> so it's just a lack of awareness, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so if we shift to, um, I'm thinking about in in your, your space, you've got how many experienced owners do we have in digital marketing? That's a good question. I could just count on the top of my head, but I think around like eight or nine. Okay, and right I, now they spread around the globe. No, so I think um, right now, and again, I might not be the best expert on this, but I think right now, Core has the X Design role, and I don't think that other markets currently have it yet. What's Core? So the Home Ada Office, okay. the Ada C O E. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so there's there's a it's a handful of people. It's not a lot. Yeah. How do you segment the different experiences that we're talking about? Like, what experience is it? Is it the ABO? Is it the customer? Is it sign up? Is it, you know, I don't know, end of month? Like, what are the experiences that we have? We've kind of tried to do it by persona in the past. So when I was first put in this role, I was considered a newbie ABO through Emerging Leader. Okay. And then my counterpart, Greg Bauman, who also works on business management tools, um, was kind of like leader through leader of leaders. Um, but And then we also have an e-commerce team that kind of focuses on the customer role okay. and maybe like more of a buyer ABO. Um, and then we have Victor Cantero who works on account management tools and also has um, taken on some of the new ABO tools. But what we really found was we have to all work as like one solid team to have that be a continuous journey for someone yeah. because people start as a customer or sometimes they start as a prospect and then they're a new ABO and then they might work their way to business builder and then they follow the business completely and yeah. then they come back and then they become like a platinum, you know? So we find that, you know, everybody, even, you know, our highest leaders were new ABOs at one point, right? Mm. So we have yeah. to really work through that process so that it feels like you're having a consistent experience um, the other thing that you find in our business is people are coaching people. They're consulting yeah. with them. So when you make a new ABO tool, the diamond, you know, has to know what that tool is because that new ABO might be calling them and saying, I can't figure this How out. How do I use this? Or thing? I have this problem and then the diamond's like, oh, there's a tool for that, you yeah. know? So we really have to think about that experience as one holistic person, hmm. um, not just like, hey, you're always going to be a customer. And that's right. like one you know, experience just stick, stick you in a box and yeah. that's the box you fit in. Uh, so you guys have to design the experience and work together internally to make that experience consistent so that on the outside that the experience feels consistent and, yeah. and works together and is cohesive and complete. Right. But we try to like build our expertise in, a, in certain areas so that you kind of know that persona inside and out so you can represent that person in meetings. Yeah, and go deep in the understanding of that. Right. But then we just try to make sure that we're all working together to pull that experience together. Awesome. Which we're still obviously perfecting. It's not. Yeah. Know, I mean, never everything is done. a learning experience. Yeah. yeah. So what's a, is there a company or a website or customer experience that you would look at and say they're doing a really good job? Um, it's not yeah, Comcast, I, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely they're not. not. They're always uh, the, the opposite <laughs> example. Right. I know. I love their new ads because they try to make it seem like they're so empathetic to the user. <laughs> they're getting a little better. They're getting a little better. My last experience wasn't terrible. Okay, good. It's good. like three stars. <laughs> That's what we're shooting for. <laughs> mm. I hope not. Um, I think um, one of the examples I use pretty often, I think from a gig economy space, um, I've been really impressed with Airbnb. Hmm. I think that they really are empathetic to the user. They really think about their um, journey 
Um, was the use of the person renting a room or the person who's hosting a room? Both. Okay. So that's the interesting thing is you might be the person who's renting and you're also the person who's hosting. Their experience um, portion is also really interesting because they make you go through an entire quiz to say, are you really, is this really right for you? We don't, we don't want you to join wow. hosting to, experiences. To be a host? Okay. Yeah, because okay. they don't want like their users to get let down, and they also don't want the experience host to be let down. Yeah, I feel disappointed and be like, ah, oh, this sucked. That wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. Plus their That's brand good. is just like social. It kind of pulls you in. You feel like you're part of something. I, I went through the whole experience of signing up, Okay. and it really does make you feel like you're part of something bigger. Um, and I, adversely, I think Amazon does a really good job of giving you more of like the kind of stats based, like really helping you think of yourself as a seller. Okay. And even if you're like very newbie to that, um, it feels like they're giving you like interesting information that would help you sell. Yeah. Insightful things that you don't have to be an analyst to figure out. Yeah. Right. And then um, LinkedIn, for instance, um, I think that we all kind of take it for granted and just kind of use it whenever we kind of feel like it. It's yeah. one of those. But when you start to look at it as a platform, you know, they're very personalized. They're asking you pretty frequently, hey, are you still here looking to just network or are you now in like the job seeking category? Mm-hmm. You know, they're and they're trying to tailor that experience to what you need. You know, I get I constantly get articles that are recommended. You know, you have this expertise and this is what our admins are saying would resonate to you. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I think my, one of the examples that comes to mind for me, and this is, <clears throat> I don't know if I would call it like a customer experience or something that might fit into the things that you do for your role. But one of the apps that I've used a few times, and it's it's one of those things where you do it rarely, so you forget how it works. Um, so TurboTax, oh, yeah. for example. Um, so the first time I used TurboTax, it's like, all right, I have no idea how to do this. I've never done my own taxes. I just started my own business. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, so I start going through TurboTax, and it literally, step by step, walks you through everything yeah. and made it so easy to, I mean, some of the stuff like when I put my W-2 in there, it extracts all the information. There's no data entry for me. Why isn't everything like that? Like yeah. that's an awesome experience. Exactly. And I just, I've been pleasantly surprised every time I go to use it. It's a little bit better. Um, they've kept the data from the past and it's just, it's an awesome experience for me. And I look at that as they've simplified it. They've made it really to the point get what you need and there's tons of helpful information if you need to go get it um and so i feel like they've done a great job in their app experience at least yeah um, as somebody who's had to you know do taxes yeah over, over year over year yeah we use them as an example a lot actually because they are really great at scaling as well so you think about our abos if you're a newer abo your needs are so much simpler than if you're yeah. you know multiple businesses in multiple countries you know, FAA participant, you know, all of those more, way more complex business tools yeah. that you need. Um, and they, they are able to scale their experience that way so that whether you're, you know, own several small businesses or, you know, you're someone who is just, you know, filing by yourself and you're wow. in college or something. Yeah, that's me. Scales. Like, I mean, I'm not in college, <laughs> but I'm just filing by myself. Yeah. Really simple, straightforward stuff. But it's right. awesome to hear that that experience continues into the really complex situations. I wouldn't have known that. Cool. All right. So anything that you'd share with the audience, anything I didn't ask about that you might share? Yeah. So one thing that I would um, recommend to the audience is really that if you have any um, curiosity about our users, um, I think the more people know about um, the people that we're actually all designing for and all working toward, whether you work in, you know, finance or engineering, 
uh, or manufacturing, your you know end user is everyone at NYU. You know we have the same end users. So yeah. the more that you know about those people, I think the more that we can all feel passionate about our jobs, and the more that we can all you know make recommendations and speak up in times when you know you're seeing something that maybe you know you're like, do we really have the end user in mind? Um, I think that that is really valuable. So if any, you know, people are interested in that, I would say like always reach out to our department. Um, obviously, we're not the only people who work with end users, but right. um, I think that we have, you know, a great amount of information. We work really closely with sales, market research, marketing. So we tend to be a place where you can sort of find all that information. And I okay. think it's great for everyone in the company to feel like they're part of the design thinking process. All right. So to come reach out to your department, how do I do that? So, so send an email to marketing. Yeah. Otherwise, I think the voice is a great place to go on and look at other people's ideas, submit your own ideas if you have them for our users. Okay. Um, and then also to be able to ask a question about something and get someone to get in contact with you. So you can see any of those like business management type threads. Um, and those are all, you know, have admins. Um, so the internal voice campaigns, I think, are a really good place to see what we're working on currently oh. and then be able to ask us further questions. Awesome. Um, you can see some of our persona-based products there. Um, and then also, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's a better way. Well, I feel like you're stringing me along. How do I get to the voice? Like, I don't know how to get to the voice. <laughs> <laughs> so it, there's a link from our internal homepage. How do so- I get to your internal homepage? <laughs> You mean the like Amway intranet or internet? Yeah, I guess maybe it'd be good for us to get like uh, if there's you like give me a link, I'll put it HTML. in the show notes. Yeah, I'll okay. put it in the show notes okay, cool. so, so everybody can get to it. Yeah, awesome. I was gonna say there's got to be like an HTTP link that we yeah. can give people somewhere. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it, Kate. It's been great chatting with you, and best of luck on the rest of the transformation. I know you guys will do great and continue to develop and grow. Yeah. So thanks, thank Kyle, you. and we really appreciate the ATO's support. Awesome. Yeah. Have a good day. You too. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and share it with others. To learn more about Amway's Agile journey, follow the hashtag AmwayAgile on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And if you're an employee, do that and search Amway Agile forward slash in your browser.